Is that loud? Oh, these stupid headphones. We have to get a more professional start to the podcast. Broadcasting from Edmonton's majestic used hubcap district. Um, it's a it's a podcast. I just can't pull off a onesie. No, neither can I. Uh, uh, that's not good. Kids today with their inline skates and their long boards that roll over everything. Totally weird and wild. It works, but it's weird. You know what's underrated? Ravioli. Oh, God, that's awful. It smells like smoke coming off someone's ass. My God, do people not know I'm at work? The Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Oh, baby. Welcome to a new episode of The Pod. That's what I call it now. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, but it's brought to you by Lube City. Don't you just love driving along when all of a sudden that little oil light starts flashing on your dashboard? No? Well, then you've never been to Lube City. They make service so easy, you're going to want an oil change even when that light isn't on. They got 27 locations across Alberta, so there's probably one near you. You can find more at lubecity.ca. They're good people. Lube City. Love, we're back in the big studio again today. You can tell because we just sound bigger. Are we recording this at Abbey Road? <laughs> I did watch that documentary per your recommendation. Oh, yeah, yeah. If These Walls Could Sing and... It was pretty interesting. Yeah. It's wild to go through like the history of Abbey Road. One, I had never really looked at pictures of it before. I just had this idea in my head of what it looked like. Yeah. And to see the documentary one, what it looks like on the inside was not what I expected. Uh, but it gets to a point, I think they're detailing kind of the history. They're going kind of decade by decade with it. And when they get to the early 70s, there's a point where they're talking about Pink Floyd were recording their first album in one studio and the Beatles were recording Sgt. Pepper in another. So they, they were in the same building at the same time recording music. And that's just mind blowing. I know. It's crazy. Like to think, I wish you could go inside that building. I don't think they give tours. I doubt it. Yeah. I'm going to go stand in front of it next week though. I'm going to stand there all afternoon. And you should. It was very interesting. It was good. I'm not going to do the thing though, where I go across the crosswalk and I get my picture taken. One of the tours I'm going on, that's one of the stops they promise. It'll be like, and we'll take you to that zebra crosswalk at Abbey Road so you can get your picture taken. God, I like the way they say it over there, though. Zebra. Zebra. The, the zebra, zebra crossing. It just sounds cooler. Yeah, the, the documentary is called If These Walls Could Sing. It's fantastic. It's all you really need to see. Like that Beatles documentary that I just got through that was like nine hours long. It was interesting, and I'm glad I watched it. But if you're just a fringe fan of the Beatles... It's way too much. Yeah, this one was 90 minutes. Yeah, it's condensed. It's good. And it's done by Paul McCartney's daughter, so you know she has the inside scoop. And a lot of interesting artists. Oh, yeah. Uh, interviewed for it. The Gallagher brothers, I think not on, in the same room at the same time. It's on Disney+. Plus. And the one thing, too, before we change the topic altogether, when you watch that documentary, If These Walls Could Sing... I don't know if I knew that they recorded like the orchestra music there for yeah. the Star Wars movies. That was interesting. They hit a point in the 80s, I yeah. think, when kind of the music side of things was drying up a bit. And so they were looking for more income. So they started recording Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Yes. Uh, John Williams. Yeah. All that music was done in those studios. Like there'd be a massive orchestra jammed in there and watching it on a big screen and playing along live. I love that. And there was an in right at the very end, they just kind of threw it away. 
they talk about how the room still looks the same now as it did when the Beatles used it because they're afraid of even adding a coat of paint could change the acoustics in yeah, there. Yeah, it might change the sound. So it looks largely the same as it has for decades. What day of the week is it? <laughs> Wednesday? Wednesday and we're doing recommendations? We're crazy. Oh my God. Anyway, um, it's February 1st today. Mm-hmm. And that means your your it's not a challenge what is yeah it's not quite a resolution it was just an idea i had for this year i yeah. wanted to spend each month doing kind of a deep dive into a different band that i would like to know more about and, and so uh for january for example i went through pearl jam say it say what we named the month pearl january oh i forgot about that probably yeah. for good reason <laughs> but you were doing Pearl January. I was doing Pearl January. Again, it's one of those bands that everybody knows. Everybody knows the biggies. You yeah. know, Jeremy, you know, Daughter, you know, you know, Alive. Yeah, you know, Even Flow. You know all those ones. Yeah. But, you know, they have a huge discography. So I actually spent the month of January kind of going through and I listened to all their albums in order. And I thought I would give my report card. What was your takeaway, Bryce? My takeaway is that... Um, the best Pearl Jam songs we already know. Ooh, really? There's a reason why those were the hits? Yeah. And kinda, everybody kind of forgot the rest? You kind of go through and, like, I mean, 10, their first album was fantastic. Like, start to finish, it's a fantastic record. Yeah, as far as rock music goes, it's an embarrassment of riches. And you think of how young they would have been when they made that? It's, like, in their mid-20s, maybe? Yeah, 20, well, when they wrote the songs, probably 22, 23. By the time they recorded, maybe 24. Like, that's insane for yeah. how mature that music is, with songs like Alive and Even Flow and yeah. all those. And you start to get into some of the other albums. They put out a lot of albums in the 90s. It's like every other year they're putting out a record. And I got to tell you, they run out of steam. <gasps> Ooh, hot take. There's a couple records in the 90s that were, it was a rough listen. It was hard to get through. Oh. There was one, though. I think you would like it. It's this song. I think it's from their No Code album. It's called Lookin, Lukin, L-U-K-I-N. It's a 60-second song. And Pearl Jam are funny because they'll have some songs that are a little sleepy, a little kind of more mandolin based, ukulele based. And then they'll get into some super crunchy stuff out of nowhere. And this is one of the more crunchy songs I found. It sounds like this. What album is that from? I think it's called No Code. Okay, yeah, No Code. And, you know, that's one of those ones I was like, ugh, but that one stood out. Mm. Uh, There were some cool songs, and they're a band that every album has at least one or two songs that are really good. And you can tell they're really good musicians, but I do think I've already heard the best that Pearl Jam has to offer. Okay, so now now that Pearl Jamuary is open, or is over, can can I recommend Fab Zeppelin? Uh, September. September. Oh, that's so lame. Why did I say that? I even, I have a list on my phone of, I've kind of started to map it out for what What I'm going to do. What is February's band though? Uh, Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, okay. I've heard some, you know, I've heard the big songs, Interstate Love Song, Plush, Sour Girl. Yeah. Like those big songs, but like I think I want to know more. I have a lot of respect for Scott Weiland, even though he did all the drugs. Oh yeah. But as a vocalist, he was wild. So I'm going to... Learn a little bit more about Stone Temple Pilots. And Scott Weiland was born with frontman swagger. You can't teach frontman swagger. It's like you're born with it, and he had it. I can't imagine, like, some of those guys, like Scott Weiland, uh, 
Alex Turner from Arctic Monkeys is another guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine them doing anything? Like, you can't imagine him doing the cologne samples at the bay. No, remember when we saw... (laughs) We saw Arctic Monkeys at our festival here, and he walked up to the microphone and combed his hair. Pulled a comb out of his back pocket, combed his hair mid-song. Yes. And it didn't look weird. You're just like, oh my God, he's pulling this off. Liam Gallagher was born with frontman swagger. Yes. He's in that documentary, too. I know, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Stone Temple Pilots in February. Pearl Jam, pretty good. You're listening to the Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Uh, Stalking is such a such a negative word <laughs> light so, playful stalking yeah there are degrees of like like burns you know there are different degrees of burns yeah so there are different degrees of stalking some more serious some you just want to know what you're getting into the garner andrews show with bryce kelly podcast it's on the internet where your uncle ron gets way too political uh bryce i got a question for you lay it on me have you ever crept on someone that you met at a party or a golf course on an airplane just to see what they're all about? Have you ever gone home and Googled them? Uh, yeah. You have? <laughs> yeah. Okay. My best girl. When I first met her, I was like, who is this? And then I just did some light, playful stalking. Okay. Light like and playful. Yeah. It's important to put the light and the playful before the word stalking. Yes. Not all stalking is bad. It's just, it's so weird. And it's not always just for romantic purposes. You just want to, you know, you you meet somebody and you want to gather just enough intel. That's French for information, by the way, so that you can Google them later on. Um, I read this story that said something like one out of six people will do some online creeping, some pre-screening before they go on a date with someone. And I actually thought that number would be higher. Like yeah, I, I thought it'd be higher. That maybe people are lying. It kind of sounds like it's the 2023 version of going through someone's medicine cabinet. Oh yeah, that's what you used to do to see what's really going on behind the scenes. Uh, I do want to talk about this a bit this morning. Do you creep on people that you meet or potential lovers? If so, what have you learned? Because I bring this up because I did this exact same thing just last week when I flew down to Phoenix. I sat next to this woman. I may have told you the story, Bryce. Mm -hmm. And she was, so she was in the middle seat. Her husband was in the window seat. And when I sat down, she said something. It turns out she told me she was from Saskatoon. So instantly the ice was broken. She was just passing through Edmonton on her way to Phoenix. And then throughout the flight, we talked a little bit here and there. I'd put my headphones back in. I'd pull my headphones out. We'd talk a bit more. And I was making mental notes because she just happened to mention at one point she was the mother-in-law. And I don't want to say this person's name, but she's the mother-in-law of a very well-known Canadian sports broadcaster. I told you who that was, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, you did. She also mentioned casually that she had two sons that were drafted into the NHL. One of them actually played, and he played a lot of games. Uh, she was going down to visit that son who lives in Phoenix. So I did all this creeping. I found out exactly who she was. It was amazing what I could determine. But it was just sort of a fascinating thing, and I'm not going to say their names because it, she was really, she was a nice woman, but I feel sort of like maybe I've crossed the line here by even giving you this much information. <laughs> I don't think you've spilled any beans. No. Um but yeah, I think playful light stalking is okay. When mm-hmm. it's playful and light. Yes, when you're playful being, and light. When you're being a creepy weirdo. Yes, and then driving past their house 25 times a night. No, that's not good. Yeah, it's a fine line we're walking. 
This is the Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Somebody just said, I got paired up with a couple on a golf course in Ontario a few summers ago. This guy was a big talker. He talked and talked the whole time about his business dealings, his houses, his cars, his racehorses. You name it, he had it. I didn't have to creep too hard because he gave me his business card if I ever needed some investment advice. Turns out he had filed for bankruptcy and was being investigated in what looked like a few different frauds. I did not call him for business advice, Cam. Well, that's good, Cam. It's so interesting to me, too, that this guy would be so willingly, you know, he'd so willingly hand over his business card when he knows everyone is just going to Google him the minute they put their clubs in the trunk of their car. Uh, Somebody else said, Good morning, guys. I'm not going to put my name on here, but I will admit that I shamelessly creep on my ex-husband's new fiancé's social media all the time. I just want to know what he traded me in for. Ooh, that's juice. What have you determined? What have you discovered? He downgraded, of course. I know he downgraded. This is the Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. I had this story this morning. I don't know where I put it. The number seems low to me, though. It said that one out of six people will do some online creeping before they go on a date with a potential suitor. Mm. Yeah, that just tells me that five out of six people are filthy liars. Yeah, so that... I would say 80% of people probably do a little bit of online stalking first. I certainly did that when I met my best gal. What like, did you learn? Nothing incriminating. No? No. I just, I wanted what to. Would, what would you have seen on her social media that would made you go, oh, maybe not? If she had another fella on her arm. Well, yeah. Obviously. Okay. And then, uh, beyond that, I don't know. I don't really know what I was looking for. What if for. she had crushing, back-breaking debt? Would that be... That'd be interesting to find on her Instagram feed. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, gang. Hey, guys. I have crushing financial obligations (laughs) that I cannot meet. I don't know what I was looking for. I I think I was mostly just confirming to make sure or not that uh, I wasn't, you know, barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. We, it's funny though. Like I just, I find it interesting. What is the most interesting thing you learned about somebody when you creeped them online? Somebody said, I've watched enough catfish And a friend of mine was talking to a girl online, and she seemed like a catfish to me. He gave me some info, didn't have her real name. I found out she was around 25 years older than him with kids his age. Ooh. Interesting. Somebody else says, Good morning, gents. I work in cybersecurity, and it's called OSINT, or Open Source Intelligence, not creeping or stalking. I do it every day. It's also how foreign governments gather information on potential recruits for spying or extortion. Ooh. It's amazing how you can gather a very clear picture of an individual and their life just from the breadcrumbs they leave on social media. Rob. Well, maybe I could have found out that she had crushing financial debt. Nobody's ever going to go, uh, I'm going to go upstairs and OSINT that cute guy I saw at the mall. No, they're, I'm going to go creep on that guy I saw at the mall. Yeah, you thought he was hunkalicious and you want to scope it out. I get it. You're listening to the Garden Andrew Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Everybody creeps before they do anything, right? We've heard from several people this morning who work in, they do the hiring for their company. Oh, yeah. They search your name. They're looking at your houseboat and photos. Oh, what's that? You're throwing a gang symbol in a... 
that might come into play. You might not get hired. You've never been in a gang in your life. Why are you flashing that? How about you? Go ahead. Uh, so I used to work for a guy for, for a, a mechanic shop. And anytime he would hire service riders, he would get me to Facebook and Google them because he only wanted to hire pretty girls. So he would, before he interviewed them, he would make me find them. So I found, you know, he got a bunch of resumes and he goes, you know, pick a couple and we'll come in, bring them in for interviews. So I pick some, they come in, he hires a girl, very pretty girl. She's like 19. I was 22 at the time. I end up dating this girl for several months. We break up. She quits. We go on with life. Uh, fast forward about seven years. I'm, I'm drunk on basement wine and I'm going to go, I'm going to Google this girl and see what she's up to. So I Google her. Uh, she's hesitant to meet me. We, uh, we reconnect and now we've been married for, it'll be seven years this year. Oh, okay. Well, so there's a happy ending to this. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't, it's not all bad. I mean, it sounded a little creepy at first. One minute I thought we were on a runaway train heading out of control towards Creep Town. Next minute, the brakeman throws the switch and we made the turn to Romanceville. It, you know, this was like 15, 16 years ago. So like Facebook was still pretty fresh yeah. back then. Yeah. So it wasn't as bad, but yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, there were some twists and some turns that took us to some creepy places. But then all of a sudden you found the yellow brick road. Yeah, my wife calls me creepy all the time, though, so she, uh, yeah, but I mean, seven years, it's not bad. I uh, like that uh, this all, this all, your rock bottom was you were drunk on basement wine. <laughs> and I told her, like, she knows all of this. She's like, it's not like I was like, oh, honey, I missed you so much. And I was like, no, I was hammer drunk. And what girl doesn't love the story and beg you to retell the story in front of her family and friends of how you got really, really hammered? So you could call her up and ask her out. The Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Uh, Somebody said, internet stalking helped me find out the extent of my ex's cheating. A friend told me to look at her Facebook page, and it told me everything I needed to know. Needless to say, he was busted. Is it a he or a she? Because they changed that switch a couple of times there. I keep thinking about the one you talked about a few minutes ago. About the people who met on Tinder, then oh. they did some light stalking, found out that their grandparents... Their grandpas are first cousins. Are cousins. That's too close. I wrote back and I said, I'm trying to do that family tree math in my head. <laughs> and they said, cousins for sure. Apparently we used to play together as young kids before her family moved. My aunt has pictures of us at three years old. Oh, that's adorable. And now you're married. No, I think that, I, I think he married someone else. Oh, okay. I think this was just before he met his wife. This was the... <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, I can't imagine. What if you imagine. were madly, passionately, deeply in love with that person, and then you got that news? You openly talk to your friends about what a great kisser they are. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we share each other's toothbrush. Oh, we're just two peas in a pod. It's like we've known each other our whole lives. Oh, wait. You have. Oh, boy. That would be horrifying. That's probably worst case scenario for internet stalking. You find out. You're related. Yeah, what would be the worst <laughs> thing you can find out? The the person that you're potentially falling in love with uh, is your cousin, or they have, like, crushing, back-breaking debt. Or they're married. Or they're married. Which of those three is the worst? I will say being related is the worst. Yeah. Then married, then debt. 
Yeah, that's the, my ranking of those the, horrible scenarios. The related thing is that's a tough one. Like in the future, when people are you're getting to know people, like, tell us the story how you met. How'd you guys meet? And then you have to say, well, we were cousins. Oh, it was a family gathering. Yeah. Oh, I read this one earlier, uh, and it upset some people. It says, I'm the employee that hires other workers for our company, and I will creep their name to see what they look like, if they have a family, and what they're into. I do this on Facebook before I will hire them. And I asked, what are you looking for? What are the red flags? And they said, basically, if they're heavy into partying or flashing gang symbols with neck tattoos, that kind of stuff. If they have a family, it's a bonus because they will be committed to the job. So that upset people. Remember that bozo story last week of the people who were arrested for vandalizing the community hall? Yes. And one of the reasons they got busted is because they went online and bragged about it. Yeah, they, well, they got arrested for vandalism, but they got arrested for being profoundly stupid. Yes. So. Yeah, they went online and just were bragging about committing this crime. And yeah. Like, and like, ooh, man, I really like Thomas. <laughs> I wonder what, then you look him up and you find, there you see him bragging about committing yeah. crimes. Would that, uh, would that change your opinion of Thomas? That's I think it I'm would. A, I would hope it would. The Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Do you ever creep online? Go ahead, hi. Just kind of wanted to tune in and kind of give you my little story of two cents of what happened to me. Sure. Um, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I was actually surfing Tinder under the alias Marco Polo to search for my girlfriend who was, in fact, cheating on me. And I was the one that got banned from Tinder permanently because I used a different name that wasn't actually my name. But not before you discovered she was on Tinder cheating on you? Correct. Are you guys still together? We are not. Yeah. That sort of tends to put a damper on romance, doesn't it? A little bit. You know, internet internet dating is, is kind of scary in itself, and... I guess if somebody did that to me, mind you, my only intention was to see who else was, like, who was on there, if she was on there, in fact, and everything else, so. Like, is there a penalty phase? Like, will you eventually one day, like, will you, I don't know, like, will you be allowed back on Tinder under your real name? Will you be released from online dating prison? I've actually recently tried, I think, six months ago. Uh, this happened like last year, right? And I still can't. And I actually sent them an email requesting like an apology. I apologized everything, and no, really, it's, it's a permanent ban apparently. And I didn't. I thought that was pretty minuscule in terms of like bad things that could happen on there. You know. Well, like, there needs to be an element of truthfulness to online dating. Otherwise, it just becomes it becomes international waters for catfishing. <laughs> so true. Anyway, thank you. I appreciate the phone call. Thanks for listening to the Garner Andrews Show with Bryce Kelly Podcast. Theme music by Garner Andrews. Guests of the podcast enjoy old candy in a jar that's unlabeled. Mmm, mystery candy.